A lot of the firemen have had classes on fire investigating, and probably ones that have can be a little more aware of what we're looking for as investigators. The firemen do a great job at basically extinguishing the fire and then holding off until an investigator gets there. You know, as long as that fire is not still spreading, obviously that has to be taken care of first. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. One of the aspects of firefighting that we don't often discuss is the role of the fire cause investigator. Once a structure fire is under control, this job becomes critical to determining what insurance will pay to the property owner and if arson was involved. There are a few things firefighters can do to make the fire cause investigator's life a little easier. And today's guest says they really won't get in your way of extinguishing the fire. Rick Chase is a fire cause investigator with the Central Arizona Fire and Medical Authority in Prescott Valley, Arizona. He's also a division chief and the fire marshal. Rick started in the fire service as a member of a U.S. Forest Service hotshot crew. He then joined Central Yavapai Fire District, that's the precursor to CAFMA, in 1995, and he worked his way from a reserve firefighter to his current position. And Rick Chase joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Hey, Scott. Thank you for having me on. So, as a fire cause investigator, what is the first thing that firefighters working a structure fire can do to help you? Oh, that's a great question. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, the fire department gets called to a fire for obvious reasons. They're there to extinguish the fire. Um, one of the things is, you know, your contents, room and contents could, could be on fire, but fire also gets behind walls, behind paneling, up in attics, into floors and whatnot. And of course, they need to get to this fire in order to extinguish it. Whereas as a fire investigator, we're coming in and we need to have as much of the burn patterns and, and evidence and whatnot we need to have still in the home. So it's kind of a a bittersweet type of an operation. And so working together, you know, the firefighters obviously have to put the fire out because we, you know, the most important thing is getting lost stopped at that point. And so, you know, in, in working together, they do their best to get the fire extinguished, yet not remove everything that's got burn patterns and, and, and the furniture and whatnot that's in the home. So that's the way that they can really help us as well as doing their job at the same time is trying to preserve the evidence the best they can. I know that a lot of firefighters and company officers will do their best to use salvage covers to protect the furniture. Is it a huge deal for them to protect the crime scene or the, the evidence or is that hard? You know, for the most part, 
they they do consider the scene protection, but they do do what they have to do. Using salvage covers is wonderful because it preserves um, people's furniture and belongings, personal belongings, photos, and stuff like that that have not been damaged by the fire yet. So as we're spraying water and as insulation comes down from an attic and drywall, along with the smoke, the fire gases, the heat and everything, uh, the salvage covers do protect a lot of their personal belongings, which is a great way that we can help assist in, in, in protecting people's belongings. You know, it's hard enough that they're losing their, their home or, or other valuables of theirs so that we just try to, you know, preserve what we can. So as far as the items that have burned, you know, again, it's really great that they can extinguish that fire, but getting what we call a holding pattern until an investigator can get there so that we're able to take photos and we're able to see where furniture was sitting. We're able to see uh, burn patterns on either drywall, paneling, whatever the interior is covered with. Then, you know, once we get some photos and get our eyes on it, and then, the, you know, a lot of times they can start tearing into the walls and in the ceiling to get hot spots and hidden fires. When when a crew is working to put out a fire, though, I mean, are there, let's say, firefighters that are more interested in worrying about your end of the job, or do they just worry about their end of the job? You know, typically when, when, when the firefighters arrive on scene, the number one goal is to suppress the fire. And so that, and that for us, too, that's what we want. You know, we want that fire put out as quick as it can, put into a holding pattern, extinguished, and then, you know, then, then they can come along and hit the hot spots and, 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 you know, parts of the fire that aren't still destroying um, things that haven't been burned yet. So, you know, a lot of the firemen have had classes on fire investigating and probably ones that have can be a little more aware of what we're looking for as investigators. The firemen do a great job at, at basically extinguishing the fire and then holding off until an investigator gets there you know as long as that fire is not still spreading obviously that has to be taken care of first and that was where i was going next which is overhaul when it comes time to overhaul is there some need for care in not destroying what hasn't been destroyed already Typically, by the time they get into overhaul, we've got an investigator on the scene, and you know we'll work together simultaneously into ensuring that we get our photos and look at any kind of evidence we may need prior to it just getting um, tossed into a pile or something outside of the structure. So, you know, we've got a good relationship in working with the crews, and, and like I said, they'll hold off on overhaul until an investigator gets there, and then we'll work together. Do you ever find yourself in the middle of overhaul saying, hold on, hold on, I need to see this before you tear it up? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We have, we've got a camera in hand. Um, you know, we've got our full gear on, as the firefighters do. And, you know, typically it's once the smoke is out of the structure for the most part and the heat and, and everything, that's when we go in. And, and, yeah, we work together. And sometimes we'll say, you know, hold off on that. Or, or they'll dig a little bit, and then we can get some get some photos and anything that we may need that we may need to collect, we can do at that time. And then again, you know, just working together, they'll keep taking the items out until we get the room cleared out and we're able to get a good visual. What's your batting average on being able to give a cause for fires in general? Oh, wow, that's a great question. You know, statistically, I, I don't know if I can really throw out a number. I'd say probably 75 to 80% of the fires were able to get um, the exact cause. You know, there's probably 20, 20% or so that, you know, if a, if a structure entirely burns down to where you either have just a foundation or just the dirt floor below the, the wooden floor joists, sometimes it's hard to put the pieces together because everything gets destroyed. So that's why we try to get on the road and get over to the scene when the fire first starts. And then we're able to not only get photos 
of the you know of the whole area and all sides of the structure, but we can see where the fire is burning and and see where it was burning. You know, a lot of times too, we get help from witnesses, um, people that are on scene, and and nowadays just about everybody's got a cell phone with some sort of camera on it, or you know, neighbors will bring out their cameras themselves and they'll grab some photos, and a lot of times that'll help us because they all have photos of, of the scene prior to us arriving. Ah, uh, so you're saying that actual fire behavior helps you determine what happened and how it got that way? Absolutely. You know, and I'll go back to the scenario of, let's say a structure has burned all the way down to the concrete foundation, yet we've got photos that we're able to see of when that fire either first started or was burning, and that'll help us, you know, to focus on a certain area you know, we're a cause and origin investigators, so of course we need to know where it started and what caused it. Um, so yeah, anything like that that we can see of where that fire was burning prior to our arrival really helps us out as far as where we're going to focus our efforts. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code 3 Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3Podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. And thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. Can you give me an example of a fire where what you saw was affected by how the firefighters worked the fire? As far as the fires where they're just, you know, extinguish them and, and, and getting any hot furniture items or stuff out, you know, we, we just put the scene back together the best we can after things are taken outside. You know, once the job is done, the loss is stopped and the fire has been extinguished. If there's things that I need to look at, you know, they'll help more than happy to help and, and we'll we'll place furniture items back in the house and and try to basically reassemble what was there prior to the fire, and that really helps us out. It sounds like you have learned to accept the fact that the scene is not going to be pristine when you arrive or when you get inside. Yeah, that very well can happen, you know. And again, a lot of it comes down to time. You know, time is the essence. So the quicker we can get there to the scene, the more we're able to see, especially if the fire is still burning. Again, we're able to make a full 360 around the house and get pictures and and we can tell where the, you know, where the most damage is occurring at the time as well. And and we can see that the area and how the fire is moving throughout the structure as well. What was the most challenging fire that you've ever found the cause for? I can remember actually a few years ago, there was one where a, a residence was, was on fire in the uh, Prescott Country Club area, and nobody was home at the time. And that fire burned probably 50 to 75% of that house. And so luckily for me, uh, one of the neighbors had taken a lot of photos from when the fire first started. I didn't get those photos for a little while, so coming in and doing the investigation was interesting because I had to try to piece together where it started, and then not only where it started, but what what was the cause. And that was a real interesting one. You know, it ended up being, uh, if I remember correctly, it was an electrical um, fire, and there was some teenage kids that were there at the time that actually left the scene, but they did come back. And so putting together the pieces along with the photos we had, we were able to get a, a, a determination on that fire. I know I've been on some where, you know, the, the residence was almost entirely to the ground, and, and sometimes it's just there's no way to find out how you know, what is what the fire's cause was, and we have to just go with, with an unknown cause. Um, fortunately, most 
places that have insurance, the insurance companies have a private investigator that will come up after the fact and they'll either put a second set of eyes and investigate the fire or they'll have an insurance adjuster that'll come up with. And a lot of times we work with these private investigators and, and it's great when we all come up with the same the same cause because you know, it just helps you to know that you know, you've done your job well. And we work together at times too and we learn from each other. Let's talk real quick about those insurance investigators. Who are those people typically? Are they former firefighters or are they well-trained civilians or how does that work? You know, you you could get both. Most of the ones that I've worked with that come up out of the Phoenix area um, are retired firefighters and they've been with the fire department for however many numbers of years they were um, prior to becoming a private investigator. Some of them have been on, on fire engines, and then they get in the investigation realm after they've retired, and some of them were investigators on the, on the job. So some of these folks that come up, and I use the Phoenix area because most of them are based out of there, and um, they come up, and they've got just hundreds, if not thousands, of fires under their belt. So it is neat to work with them because then you get to, again, work together as, as a team, and, and that helps out you know each entity. All right, Rick Chase, thanks for talking with me today on Code 3. Great. Thank you for having me, Scott. And we put more information on fire cause investigation on our website at code3podcast.com slash investigation. Check it out. And I will once again remind you that you can support this podcast by making a monthly pledge. If you get something out of Code 3, please help keep it going. Whether that's a buck a month, five, ten, or more, it all counts. Just head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support to join the people who are already supporting the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. This time we discussed what you need to know about the job of finding a fire's cause. I'd like to hear what experiences you've had in helping investigators learn the causes of fires. Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com, or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. I'll read your comments and play them back on a future show. Thank you for listening today. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.